Let's get into it then. All right. Awesome sauce. I ask that the gods and goddesses of our respective paths bless this circle so that we may be free and protected within this space. And if you have this one word, pagan or paganism. For the pagan community. Exactly. Right. The, the big umbrella. And that was fucking fantastic. Of the podcast ever. We're three pagans. Exactly. We're three pagans. And a cat. And may the works this day of be of the highest good for all present and those listening. So mote it be. The circle is cast. But souls can't be sold. They can only be lost and never found again. Welcome to The Soul, the 121st episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of author Ray Bradbury. Thanks to Velocity Rose for our intro music. You can find more of their work at VelocityRose.com. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr. I'm Ode's father. Very neat. My name is Gwyn, Ode's mother. And Ray Bradbury, mm-hmm. one of my favorites. I know. He really is. I was, he really is. When I, was, when I was writing the intro, I was like, usually I like to specify what kind of author they were. But he's written in so many genres that it's he easy really to just say author. And right. he has actually, he did a lot of exploration on mm-hmm. life and the soul and, you know, things like that in various what formats. What it means to be human. What it means to be a living being. Mm-hmm. Yep. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Well, first thing is I have to read all the dang patrons. Mm-hmm. Okay, sitting back. <laughs> all the dang patrons. We love our patrons. We do. i got to find a way to make this easier. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we only do it once a month. We have 30 kittens. Holy we crap. We love you, kittens. Yeah, we do. Our cats are Beehive Coven, Bryn Johnson, Cabra, Cheryl, Christine Phillips, Christopher Dalby, Christy Claxton, Cindy Barrick, Alora Driver, Alyssa Durka, M. Talasavari, Gary Bearstorm, Jasmine Ray Bell, JD, JT, Coney Briggs, Kai Oakenshield, Lore Corbis, Malks, Megan, Megan Succolo, Michael and Adazinino. I'm gonna Michael, send me how to pronounce your name. <laughs> Rebecca Hillman, Rhonda Graham, Shelby, Sakura, Shora Kaff, Swiggy, the Druad, Tiffany, and Zacchaeus. That's our cats. That's our cats. We love you, cats. It's honestly, we get so long into these lists. Uh-huh, that I, I forget, forget which section what, we're in. Which, which one we're doing. So <laughs> we love you, cats. Our hunters are. <sighs> <laughs> we love you, hunters. You know that. <laughs> Aja Dudley, Alicia Addy, Amy Martin, Andy Olson, Beck Blackwell, Benjamin Walburn, Blondie, Briar Aldridge, Brittany, Cara B, Carly Hodges, Charles Howison, Cosmic Rose, Delilah Darge, Darby Lockridge, David Dashveen Keys, Disgruntled Honeybee, Elfwart, Emily Hall, Emily Miller, Emily Sokodolsky, Felicia Hudson, <laughs> Finn Odinson, Haley Finley, Heather Nunley, Hojin Ko, Indigo, Yanni, Jax, J.C. Helmer, Jen, Jeremiah Keel, Jessica Jones, Juniper Shadowcat, Katie Goodmote, Kaylin Casey, Ken Hub, Kimberly Lockerbie, Le Petit Poison, Laura Loki, Loriana, Lee Knapp, Meg Parks, Megan really Kipper, Megara, <laughs> Melissa Gervin, Melkor, Misha Magdalene, Nadia Radford, Owlin Crow, Owls Perch, Pablo B. Fordor, Ray Lothrop, Rihanna M. Gray, Rochelle Andashvid, Rana, Ryan Hopkins, Sarah Grace, Sarah Mims, Sarenth Odinson, Scooby, Sekolosu, Shannon Bednar, Sean the Heathen Hedgewitch, Sila Bond, Sky Poifair, Sloth, Sprouty, Stephanie W., Stevie Thompson, Tanya McMillan, The Pirate Cove, The Sugar Maple Seder, Usha Ursha, Victoria Selness, and Zamina Kokora. Wow. 
We love our hunters. We love our 75 of them. Wow. Hunters. Our, our 75 hunters. Thank you, hunters. And I got to say, disgruntled honey bee. I think that's my favorite. <laughs> that's a good one. That one's quality. That's so good. I love that. Our leopards are. And leopards and above can now watch us again yes, on um, Get Vocal. So finally got fixed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Akaneko, Christian Villegas, Dakota Wilmette, Ellen Veals, Oxchild, <laughs> Gemma Atkinson, Kimberly, Squeaky Reynolds, Lauren of Faithful, Stop. Mackenzie Boyer, QQ Ann, Robin Archer. Shit, what group is it? Our Tigers are. Our Darren Summit, Kristen Gill, Crystal of Apothecary Tees. Elaine Glansberg, Nick's Falling Leaf, Raymond Stovall, better known as Jim Two Snakes, and Tree Wizard Creations. And that was our tigers. Thank you to our tigers. We yes. love our tigers and whoever was previous. Leopards. Our leopards. We love you too, leopards. <laughs> our panthers are Allie Robinson and Elizabeth Bull. We love our panthers. We do love our panthers. Our jaguars. Our jaguar. Jaguar. Are Amanda Hicks, Justin Stanage, Kirsten Ray, and Kelly Burt. And you know we love you. Mm-hmm. All right. That's it. Okay. That's it. That's it. The whole king caboodle. <laughs> All right. So a couple of other things that go in here. One is every Sunday at two o'clock until four o'clock Eastern Standard Time, I do a Zoom call that's open to anyone about anything you want to talk about. Sometimes we don't talk about anything. We just sit there and stare at each other lovingly into each other's eyes. Um, that's a that's a great selling point. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Not uncomfortable at all. No, no, not uncomfortable <laughs> at all. If nothing else, you get to hear uh, a bunch of Odinsons and myself talk about alcohol, I guess, which you can also do on a YouTube video series that I do with Malik Odinson and Sarenth Odinson, which is called Three Pagans on Tap. You can catch every other Tuesday, so not this Tuesday, but the next one will be on again, which will be the 15th of December, and that is actually the day before Sarenth's birthday, so mm-hmm. Sarenth is picking what we're drinking. Oh, nice. And then this is where craziness comes in, okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to explain craziness now mm-hmm. and get it out of the way. Preemptive craziness. So on the 19th of December, which is a Saturday, we will be doing our episode mm-hmm. rather than on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And we will be on starting at 7 o'clock on the 19th, it's Three Pagans and a Cat with Around Grandfather Fire doing Drunken Divination. Mm-hmm. If you have a preemptive question that you want asked, please email it to me, car at the number three pagansandacat.com, and I will get it and I will be able to read that question. So if you're not going to be there or you don't want to ask it live in the Discord, feel free to do that. The Discord will be open to everyone. Mm-hmm. So everybody can get in and listen to the entire thing and laugh at all of us as we're <laughs> hammered doing divination. Yep. Uh, we will be on Zoom with um, Around Grandfather Fire, but we will, for our leopards and above, I will share that screen to get vocal. Perfect. So that they can see, and you'll be able to see everybody mm-hmm. that has video going. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the 20th, we will be on the Longest Night of the Year podcast, which is on Zoom, and that is with Wider Circles, which is run by Jack, Jack Mercer. Mercer. That night will be crazy. We will be on from 10 until 11 talking about Mother Night. Mother Night, yep. 
and then doing a Mother Night ritual. Mm -hmm. From 11 to 12, Three Pagans on Tap will be on, mm -hmm. doing some shenanigans. So you're, you're just going to basically stay on camera and we'll leave. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Yep, yeah, yep. You can see us, well, me, crawl over the bed <laughs> to try to get out. The only other thing, and I'll preempt this for everybody who's listening, on the 12th of January, it is my birthday. Mm -hmm. It is also Finn Odinson's birthday. Mm -hmm. So Finn Odinson will be a guest on the Three Pagans on Tap podcast, and we will be drinking scotch. Birthday bash. Through the end of December, I will still be leading the Monday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern guided meditation, a short little meditation to get our week started off. And again, that will be, I'll be doing those through every Monday through the end of December. And then you'll just have to go to- Right, listen to the backlog. The backlog. But uh, it's on Facebook Live, on the Three Pagans and a Cat page, on the group and Gwyn, and, Three Pagans and a Cat page. And presumably when you're done doing these, you'll upload them to YouTube. That is the, that is the plan. <laughs> At least once you're done doing yes. them every week. Yes. I am running the Yuling this year. Entries are finished. Everyone has received their partner. People are so excited on Facebook. Right. On the Facebook group. Um, so I've excited. Gotten, I've gotten some very excited emails back from people saying, yay, I got my partner. I'm ready. Some people have already mailed theirs. Some people have already mailed theirs. Someone sent me tracking information. Oh, that's great. <laughs> um, People do not want to no, be asked for never do it yeah. again. No, want to be the one. The Banhammer of Oak. Yeah, yeah. so it would be great of all what is it, 107? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 107. If they all did what they were meant to do, everybody gets their gift and we all get to hear about it on Facebook. Mm -hmm. That would be awesome. Or Discord. Um, but even if people have to drop out, again, reminder, if you have to drop out, it's okay. You mm -hmm. just have to let me know by December 15th, which is the date that your gift has to be in the mail. If you let me know after December 15th, or if you don't let me know at all, you will be banned from the Yuling moving forward. If you let me know in advance, I can make arrangements so that your partner will still receive a gift because several people mm -hmm. have generously reached out to me to offer to cover more than one person. Oh, that is so beautiful yeah That's so beautiful so uh, everyone's gonna get a gift you just have to let me know if you can't send one so that i can make arrangements for your partner that's yep. right but i'm just excited to see what what how it all goes mm -hmm. like i said the the momentum and excitement on yeah, facebook it's, it's been very high. in the group has been very high i think uh with 2020 we just need this to go well yeah <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah i think people needed something to focus on mm -hmm. and it's just it's wonderful and i think that is everything for housekeeping i think, I think so. so we are house kept Yes. And has swept. Oh, yeah. All right. Now we, we can proceed. We're talking about souls. Uh, our sort of a, we're going to say here at the beginning, a broad topic. Oh, so broad. So we're not going to exhaustively cover this we, subject. We might get a little, you know, flakes of the scratchings. Uh -huh. there. Yeah, we're just going to sort of. Just <laughs> <laughs> making flakes of the scratchings. Does that even mean? But no, we're just going to sort of touch on this topic and on the bits that are most interesting to us. Yeah, yeah. And have a what I hope will be a fun, interesting conversation about it. Yeah, because I think was... it's an interesting topic that obviously is not resolved, and we have been discussing for thousands of years. That's right. Wait a second. You're saying that thousands of years we're not going to solve it in the next hour? I I have doubts. Probably not. Yeah. You know, I think I think we'll be good. <laughs> I, I think, think we can. Yeah, I think we can knock it out. I think we can knock this out of the park and. Uh, after this, everybody in the world should listen to it. Nobody will have questions anymore. Okay. Well, as you're living in your well, little world from, over there. From your lips to Dick Dennis's ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dick 
this. Yeah, we need. You know what? That's the issue. We didn't call on Deftonis before we did this episode. Uh -huh. That's true. Okay. So if we don't solve solve, it's going to be because that's right. We didn't consult Deftonis. Right. That's right. Whatever Kevin says, sing "Colors of the Wind" and call it a night. <laughs> <laughs> Song sort of going through my head mm -hmm. because I've heard that so many times, but I wouldn't be able to sing That's it. That's so. because Pocahontas was my favorite it Disney was movie for a very long time. Yes, before yes. you realized how bad it how actually bad was. Bad representation. Yes, it was a terrible <laughs> representation of the true story. Before. Did have did have some catchy tunes. Some very though. catchy tunes. But so I'm going to start with a very broad definition yes. of the soul. Yes. Did you get this from the dictionary? Yes, I got this from. Well, I got this from Encyclopedia Britannica. Okay, the end all be all of all encyclopedias. Exactly. So Encyclopedia Britannica reports <laughs> that the soul is the immaterial aspect or essence of a human being, that which confers individuality and humanity, often considered synonymous with the mind or the self. In theology, the soul is further defined as that part which partakes of divinity and often is considered to survive the death of the body, which is both a very broad and a suspiciously narrow definition. Mm, it's actually very similar to uh, what I got. I went to Wikipedia <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> to get to get my definition, and it's the incorporeal essence of a living being comprising the mental abilities of a living being, reason, character, feeling, consciousness, memory, perception, thinking, etc. And now the first thing I think it's relevant to discuss here is do we think that there's any kind of difference between a human soul and any other spirit? Well, that's a really good question. Oh, I did also want to put out, point out that apparently some philosophical systems debate on whether the soul is mortal or immortal. Yes. It just depends. And actually, this is a tidbit I found out and didn't write down because I was like, well, maybe I won't bring this up. But, so, <laughs> but now you will. But now I will. Something I found out, early Christian theologians got their concept of the immortal soul, mm -hmm. which there was a, a concept of the soul in Judaism before that. But the, the early Christian theological concept of the immortal soul, they actually got from the Greeks. That was a an idea yes. they borrowed from Plato, Aristotle, and Socrates. Well, don't don't forget that they actually used the uh, Greek understanding mm -hmm. of the anima mundi to try to explain the Holy Spirit yeah. in the first century. So that's not a surprise. I found out, I did not realize this, even though I grew up in the church, mm -hmm. there are actually three different possibilities or three different philosophies on the creation of a soul. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, soul creationism, which is God creates each individual soul at conception, traducianism, which means that the soul is created from the parents through natural generation upon conception, and pre-existence, that the soul existed before the moment of conception, which to me kind of harkens to reincarnation. This that concept, last one. Yeah, the last yeah. one uh, harkens to the idea that a soul might choose a body to Incarnate. Incarnate. Those three and a few other mm -hmm. sort of soul generation theories mm -hmm. were, were actually like widely discussed in Greek philosophy. I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is like they, this is still being discussed mm -hmm. to this what day. What is a soul and where do it come from? And where do it come from? But it's still heavily influenced and discussed within the church today. That, that mm -hmm. Greek influence of and philosophy of what is a soul is it the same as a spirit or is it different? Depending on, you know, who you're talking to and we, you ask that question, mm -hmm. is the soul different from the spirit? I was raised to believe, you know, the soul, spirit, it was interchangeable in humans, mm -hmm. but that angels and demons were spirits and God themselves <laughs> were, uh, was a spirit separate 
from humanity. But I was also raised to believe that the human soul is basically what is your character, your your perception or whatever, and your earthly connection, whereas your spirit is what connects to God. Interesting. That was, and I'm not saying all Christians believe that, that. I'm just saying that's what I was taught in a lot of the churches that I went to. Interesting, because admittedly I was a child, so they may have been simplifying things for me. Mm-hmm. But my memory of the Christian concept of the soul was that you had just one, and mm-hmm. it was a whole object, essentially, mm-hmm. like a whole immaterial object that was part of you, but not really part of you, and mm-hmm. that you just sort of that just sort of drove your body around until you died, and it could go to heaven. I think what I uh, was influenced by was Augustine. I think a lot of the teaching that I received was mm-hmm. influenced by his concept of like a trinity within the human, just as there's supposed to be a trinity within the Christian God, uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's a trinity within humans, the, the flesh, the, flesh the, soul, the soul, and the spirit. Interesting. I think that's kind of what that Augustine... That does sound like Augustine. Yeah, that was something Augustine taught. Still, I think, being obviously being taught in um, various denominations. Right. But you've got different denominations that teach different things. Right. Like Thomas Aquinas, who was Catholic, he believed all organisms have souls, but only humans have immortal souls. So, like, animals have mortal souls and their souls die when their bodies? Yes. That would be be something that Aquinas would have taught. And Hinduism and Jainism, you know, because all religions have some kind of concept of soul or spirit. Maybe not all, but many. Many. But in Hinduism and Jainism, they believe that all organisms have a soul from the amoeba on up. I was going to say, and as an animist, I believe that all things, living or otherwise... Have a soul. Have a have a spirit. Right. And I don't. And so. And we use that term, spirit. Spirit. Right. Almost all the time in animism. Yeah. So do rather you, than soul. Right. And so now I'm like, what's the difference? I, I again, I think it comes down to it. It could be some people think that there may be a difference, or some people it may be interchangeable. I know what I think of a spirit, like in a stone or an animal or a human being or the spirits that are dwelling around us. To me, it is interchangeable with the concept of the soul. Yeah, and like I treat the spirit of a stone in much this not like physically, but like mm-hmm. spiritually, interpersonally. I treat the spirit of the stone in a, in a similar way to the way I would treat a human being. Like yeah. I recognize that it has a personality and opinions and will choose to work with me or choose not to work with me or might have demands or all kinds of things, you know. All the interpersonal stuff you expect with, like, a human being. Right. I have experienced that with other incorporated spirits and with, as far as I can tell, not incorporated spirits that I've only ever met in an astral space. Yeah. Carr, what are your thoughts? I'm, I'm developing them as we talk. Okay. <laughs> because yeah. the, the, the Celts really don't, A, we don't have anything written. Right. What is written was written by... Post-Christian. Was mm-hmm. Right, post-Christian. So a lot of it is very... has been Christianized. Mm-hmm. Although Julius Caesar in his letters about the, the Celts of Gaul mm-hmm. does state that they believed in reincarnation from one person to another person. Okay. Pliny the Elder said that they believed in reincarnation from a person to anything. So rock, tree, any natural, any object. natural object, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those yeah. are but, neither of those are first-hand accounts, right? Exactly. Right? Yeah. So who can know for sure? Right. Exactly. He may have been bringing his own understanding, mm-hmm. right, into in interpreting what he thought he now, understood. Like for me personally. Mm-hmm. I fall more on the Pliny the Elder side of things mm-hmm. uh, than I do on the Julius Caesar side of things. But that may be just, you know, bad blood between the Caesars and me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. Maybe not that old. That was but... <laughs> I think I 
still have probably holdovers from from Christianity, I'm sure. Again, I, I feel like, I almost feel like the soul, the spirit, I feel like those words are interchangeable. But yet there may be some change. There may be some differences. So you would know. you have then have a maybe it's a, a soul holy, spirit, a holy soul instead of a holy spirit? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, and that they would be... did call the the Holy Spirit the Holy Ghost for a long time, right? Yeah, in, that's true. in a lot of denominations, yep. some still do. It all. I think it comes down to words are hard, and we're trying to describe something that is ethereal. <laughs> oh, we, we, we can't say that we've given up already. We have to. By the end of this episode, we have to have a definitive. <laughs> Well, and, and some of it is just like etymological differences. Like spirit mm-hmm. is Latin, right. it's derived from Latin, spiritus. Soul is Old English, it's derived from sal. Right. And, and so like they're just coming from different directions. Now, uh, Finn was saying, I had the belief at one point that when a new, soul. a new soul entered the world, there was this pool of souls and a conception, a soul was chosen and sent to that being. Interesting. That's an interesting thought. They all just kind of swim together like the yerk in uh, Animorphs. Have <laughs> <laughs> you read that series? Or Stargate. <laughs> Stargate with the, with the, what the hell are those? Oh, God, I don't with remember. snaky creatures. Yeah, a lot like the yerk. <laughs> <laughs> but getting away from science fiction. Yes. <laughs> It makes but, almost as much sense as everything else. Just, well, yeah. And that's the thing is we were talking about the fact that there's hundreds of religions mm-hmm. and met how and I don't know how many philosophical systems there are out there. They all have a different opinion. They all have a different opinion. They've been trying to answer what is the soul? You know, do we have is there any such thing mm-hmm. as a soul or spirit or if so, does it survive past death? Does it survive past death and things of that nature? It's a question I still ask myself. And I'm a fucking psychic medium who's <laughs> spoken to the departed mm-hmm. souls, if you will, or spirits uh, of people and have visions and things of that nature. I still question, like, is is this really an experience that I've had? Or is it just wishful Psychic thinking? Psychic memory. Psychic or... memory. Is it just, you know, energy that's left over from, from a person? You know, that kind of thing. And I don't think that's an unhealthy thing to do. I think it's yeah, always no, it's wise good, to good ask to... questions. Yeah. And I asked a lot, we talked about this, I asked a lot of those kinds of questions when I had cancer and mm-hmm. was facing surgery, the possibility of premature death you think about when you have cancer. Mm-hmm. And I really did ask those questions, you know, does the soul really exist? Does it exist after death? Mm-hmm. Or is it just... And in what form? And in what form? With and, what capabilities? Or do you just wink out? And in that case, if you just wink out, you're not going to know anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, I think those are those are all valid questions, but... Unlike my husband, I don't think we're going to get them answered today. <laughs> I just want to explore them. I think it's a fun topic. I, it is. A, it's a very fun and interesting topic because I don't think there is any one answer. You can tell, you can say what's true for you mm-hmm. in your understanding and in your belief system, but it may not be true You're not going to know else. until you die, so. Exactly. <laughs> Then it's the great mystery. And even then you might not know. Because like, so I mentioned the Norse have, and there are other cultures as well that, that have a concept of less of a singular soul than of uh, sort of multiple components that are sort of semi-separable. The Egyptians had something like mm-hmm. that too with the Ka, the Ba, the Ak, the Paran, etc. Right. Which were all different parts of the soul or different parts of the being because um, like a Paran was your name. With the Egyptians, what a soul was or what, what a being was ranged over the extremely long time span of ancient Egypt. Right. So... It's hard to say definitively what what the perception of a soul was like for the whole time because it changed. Sure. 
certain parts were more important at certain periods and other parts were more important at other periods and that kind of thing. But the sort of the three main ones, because there are like half a dozen or so, but the three main ones were the ka, which was sometimes translated as the double or the breath. Mm. And the ka was part of you that stayed near your body after you died and could sort of inhabit a picture or a statue of you, a representation of you. And the ka subsisted on ka. It had to be fed food and water. And that was the part of you that you were feeding when you ate food as a living human. And so after death, you could leave food offerings for Mm -hmm. a person's ka and it would consume the life essence, the breath of that food. And then you would take the physical food away because the ka had fed. So that was how food offerings worked in ancient Egypt, if you've ever wondered. And then there was the ba, which is usually represented in hieroglyph or, or pictorially as sort of a bird with your face. Oh, so it was, the, it was sort of the bird soul. And that was the part of you that was your personality and that moved on to the land of the dead. Mm-hmm. So your ka stayed near your body. Your ba moved on to the land of the dead. And then your ak, which doesn't have a translation at all, not even a speculative one, your ak was what enabled you to interact with the world after death. Mm-hmm. So it could sort of it had um, sort of a flexible shape, and the ak could could be like petitioned as an ancestor because it, it could more directly interact with the world. And the like, if you were an unquiet spirit of some kind, it was your ak that was going out into the world to cause problems. Mm. So it was this whole sort of interlinked system, but they were separate parts of you that sort of dispersed to different places after you died. Very interesting. And the Norse had a similar sort of multi-layered being. Mm-hmm. Nine, right? No. You've talked about this before. <laughs> yeah. There. Are, so there are four main components that we know of. Okay. And then there are some people that have additional pieces that they consider important to the soul, or, or they've broken them some of the pieces down more granularly. Gotcha. And again, with the, sort of similarly to with the Egyptians, opinions on these things ranged through the Norse lands, through Scandinavia, depending on which peoples you were talking to and what time it was. But then sort of the main four components of a being were hammer, which is the shape or skin. And that's your outward appearance, your outward presentation to the world. Not your body, your physical body, but what you look like. Mm-hmm. And that was also the part of you that could change shape, that could shape shift, and that you would send your hammer out if you were a certain kind of seat worker. You would send your hammer out to do things. Not always nice things. Not always nice things. <laughs> and if you were able to change the shape of your hammer, you were called hamramer, which meant strong of shape. That was a part of the soul that everyone had, but not everyone could use, basically. Okay. That was part of their witchcraft for their, their yes. practitioners. Then there was the hugr, which is the thought or the mind. And you'll sometimes see that broken up into thought and memory. So sometimes people will break that up further mm-hmm. based on Odin's ravens, mm. which are hugen and Munin. But so the hugr is your personality and consciousness. So this is sort of the part of you that feels like you. Mm-hmm. And in the modern day, you'll see a lot of people say that magic is the process of manipulating 
Cougar. Mm. And there were some descriptions of seed workers and wizards and other magical people uh, manipulating other people's hugar. Mm. So turning their hugar away from them so that people wouldn't see them. Mm. Or turning their hugar towards them so that they'd be drawn to them. Gotcha. That kind of thing. So your hammer was a part of you that you sent out to do things. Mm-hmm. Your hugar is a part of you that's stuck with you, but that can be manipulated potentially by someone else's mm-hmm. action. Then there's the filhya, which means follower. The filhya is sort of an animal spirit and sort of a part of you. It's like one part companion and one part component. Mm-hmm. And it's with you from the moment you're born until the moment you die. It is usually shaped like an animal that means something about you. Like, you don't choose that animal. It just means something about your condition. It sounds a to like his dark materials. Sort of. Yeah. The, the demon concept. Yeah, yeah. Sort of. Except in his dark materials, sort of your little animal can change. Right. Um, until you hit puberty, I guess. And then it sort of becomes whatever, one, it, is. whatever it is. With a filia, the animal that represents your... That represents you will be your filia from the moment you're born. So, like, there's a story about... Rabbit says, suggests it's a Patronus. Sort of. And there's a story about a, like, an in-hiding, sort of disenfranchised uh, noble mm-hmm. who was identified as as a child as the person who was supposed to have this role by someone who had the second sight who could see his filia mm-hmm. and it was a polar bear cub mm-hmm. and it was, you know, racing ahead of him. Because although filia means follow in the stories, often, if people can see your filia, it, it's preceding you mm-hmm. and sort of is telling of your coming. So it just says something important about you. Conventionally, it can be seen by a seat worker or mm-hmm. a psychic or someone like that. Mm-hmm. In the modern day, you sometimes see people working with their filia more actively, especially in sort of an astral travel kind of a sense. Mm-hmm. And then there's the hamingja. The hamingja is your luck, or it's the, the representation of your luck. If it's personified, it's usually personified as a human woman. And and the Hanengja is sort of your whole collected combination of skills, inheritances, proclivities, your fortune. Yeah. Right? Which mm-hmm. we've talked about before. Luck is kind of a complicated subject in heathenry. But this right, is the, right. the embodiment of your luck. And a Hanengja though it's part of you, is like the Philhia, sort of a semi-separate entity and can be sent out or given to someone else. So, or it can leave you to be inherited by someone else. In Norse tradition, if you said good luck to someone and you did it the right way, you would be not just like wishing them good luck. You would be bequeathing them your part or all of your hamingja to boost their luck. Right. It used to be that like you would go to a chieftain who would obviously have a very powerful hamingja if he was a chief of his people. Mm-hmm. To get and keep that position, you had to have luck. And so you would go to him if you had a big quest you had to go on, and he would give you his hamingja to complete mm-hmm. this important quest. And mm-hmm. then you'd come back and give say, hey, I did the thing. And then his hamingja would return to him. Hmm. That's the Norse soul parts that you're talking about, right? right? yes. And then, like I said, a few people break those up. So, like, for some people, the hugar is broken down into thought and memory. Some people also consider the body part of the soul or part of the being. They call, that's called the lich. Some people consider the breath itself, life force, mm-hmm. um, and to be part of the soul complex. You'll see, actually, a huge variety of opinions on what the total soul complex is in Norse traditions and Northern traditions generally. And what happens to all those after you die is a whole separate discussion. (laughs) 
What if the greatest tabletop hero you ever play turns out to be yourself? In Vector, Attack of the Metapirates, move beyond imagination as Captain Vector and his Metapirates do battle from game world to world. Following players from setting to setting in an attempt to enter the real world. Will you help Captain Vector in his Pinocchio-like quest to enter the real world? Or stop him from becoming a living nightmare? Only you can decide. Vector, Attack of the Metapirates, can be purchased at drivethroughrpg.com on a pay-what-you-want basis. That was an excellent read. It really was. Good spooky voice on the Living Nightmare part. By the way, support Captain Vector. That's right. <laughs> I'd love to kind of circle back around to the Egyptian because some interesting, we had a couple of interesting comments about the aspect that is a bird with a human face. The ba. Or, yeah, the ba. I am wondering if the reason it is a bird with the face of the person that mm-hmm. it's meant to represent is so that they can have flight, so that they can move yeah, uh, I, from this life to the afterlife. Yeah, or I assume it's for travel For travel purpose. The region of the day. It, I got to thinking, you know, it kind of makes sense, though, if the the idea of the Yeah, concept, if you think this part of the soul is going to move on, how cool, do you visually you, represent that? Exactly, yeah. because, you know, like the Greeks, they got in a boat and, mm-hmm. and floated down the river Styx after, you know, being crossed over yeah. to the underworld. It sounds like perhaps for the Egyptians, some of it was related to being able to fly mm-hmm. to the other realm, yeah. you know, the land of the dead. Car and I just recently watched a, a very interesting documentary, which I think we talked about a little bit about um, a a tomb that was found in Egypt. And one of the things that they're saying that they've learned, though, is that they believe that they prepared their tombs so elaborately because it was, they may not have been living the life they wanted to live right now. So they were preparing to live the next life. It was aspirational. It was aspirational. so So their tombs, even their titles... Mm-hmm. weren't necessarily the titles that they, they held. It was the titles they aspired to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if that's true, and this is it changes Egyptology yeah. hugely. Yeah. Yeah. Any pharaohs you don't have secondary documentation on? Right, exactly. <laughs> right, yep. yeah. Was this actually a pharaoh? Yeah. Right, or exactly. was it just somebody who aspired to uh-huh. be? This was one of the first completely untouched tombs since Tutankhamun. Yeah. I forget exactly which valley it was in, but it was someone who they originally thought was a very important, like a priest Mm -hmm. uh, of a particular temple. But as they were exploring, they found his entire family there. And as they were exploring throughout the whole thing, they realized this person was not who he was representing himself to be. How'd they Uh, figure that out? Well, it had to do with how his body ended up. Yeah. He actually ended up buried in a wood coffin. Hmm. Deep, very deep. Deep in under this, the tomb. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like... Suspicious? Yeah. But yeah. His, so, the question is... And he was image, very poorly uh, embalmed. Yes, very poorly embalmed. But his Mummified. image was right. everywhere. And his story of his life was everywhere. So, the question then becomes, did he actually have that life and then was disgraced somehow? Right. Or before was, he died? Or... Was this aspirational? Right. Right, yep. That's interesting. And the theory they're going with that so far they're believing is supported... The thing is, that it was more aspirational. The thing is, my question is on that: is if he's not like if he's not an important person, has he afford the fancy tomb? So his <laughs> brother was actually the priest. Yeah. Oh. So, so he actually tomb. stole his brother's tomb. Yeah. Interesting. 
Yeah. And buried his entire family there yeah. in much greater means okay. than he that's buried himself. On the one hand, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, that seems unlikely to be the case for most people that they had a conveniently <laughs> that they had a convenient priest brother's yeah. death to steal. Clearly, more work needs to be done. To more figure work out needs to be done. What yeah. happened there exactly, mm-hmm. and whether this is more widespread? Exactly, but it, it their whole thing was it. It kind of it changed the the potential outlook for what was this man hoping to accomplish? Was he trying to depict his current life or the life he wanted in the afterlife? Well, if he's stealing his brother's tomb, he seems like just kind of an <laughs> asshole. So this may be an isolated asshole move. Yeah. But whether it is or not, very dramatic story. Yeah. yeah, it really is. But the point is that their burial practices, though, also relate obviously to mm-hmm. the to their belief about the soul and what happens to them when they die. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's what the, we've been studying through philosophy, through burial practices, through all of these things for, like you said, for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Because even when they have uncovered uh, Neanderthals, peoples, there are there is evidence that they had some kind of a spiritual belief. I don't remember exactly what it's called. You'd have to look it up. There's prehistoric evidence mm-hmm. that people in like cave drawings that people might have believed that there was a person mm-hmm. and there was a separate thing about a person. Yes, and there are <laughs> there are ne- I've I've seen you know the documentaries. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, of Neanderthal burials that have been found because originally they didn't think that they would have a concept of religion or soul or whatever, but um, they had specific burial practices with objects that were important to the person mm-hmm. buried with them. And so I think personally... And buried with dignity. Buried with yeah. dignity. So I, I don't think you do that unless you believe that somehow that that person is going to continue after death. So that indicates the, the concept Right. The longevity. The longevity of of a soul or spirit, even if that's not what it was called or understood as at the time. Right. That unique individual continues. And even though earlier I was saying, you know, there's the question, you know, because you've got atheists who are like, nah, this is it. You're done. Poof. (laughs) Even someone like me who has communicated with spirit for, you know, since I was a small child, there's sometimes has been that question. I do still at this point in my life, mm-hmm. I do believe in in spirits and and spirit and souls mm-hmm. and however you however you want to look at it. And I do believe our unique identity, how we think, how we feel, how we express ourselves. I think I don't think that's just brainwaves. I think that's you don't you think know. that's just synapses connecting? I don't. I don't think it's just synapses connecting. I think that it's that eternal spark. This has always been interesting to me because we know that like you're not one person really. Mm-hmm. I'm not the same person now as I was when I was 18 or when I was 12 mm-hmm. or even last week, right? Like I'm I'm always becoming a slightly different person mm-hmm. because I'm accumulating experiences and my brain is making new thought habits mm-hmm. and, and different synapses are turning on and off and different orientations. And, and so my personality isn't necessarily a static thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm growing and changing and evolving over time. But at the same time, I do have a sense of like, so it's weird. You have a, I don't know how that, how it is for you. Mm-hmm. But how it is for me when I try, like when I do astral work or when I get a little disassociated is that like I can feel my body, mm-hmm. my physical body as a distinct thing. Mm-hmm. I can feel my consciousness, my mind, my personality 
as a distinct part of me. And I can feel sort of a what I usually called the mantle, mm-hmm. which I think is what other people mean when they refer to an energy body, mm-hmm. which is part of and semi-attached to me, mm-hmm. to my physical body, but is sort of a distinct thing that can move and do non-physical things, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I am, on a fairly regular basis, aware of those sort of layers of my identity. Mm-hmm. So the question for me is less, is there a soul? Because I think there is. And I've interacted with enough spirits that I don't doubt their existence, mm-hmm. really. The, the question for me then becomes, like, is my soul, does it have anything to do with my personality? Or is, mm-hmm. or is what I'm sensing there the hammer mm-hmm. or, or some other part? Mm-hmm. And the hugger will die when my brain does. And see, that's, you know, things. we don't know. What do you think, exactly. Carl? It's all mysterious. <laughs> it's all mysterious. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, and I don't know that it affects me. Right, yeah. It's not, like day-to-day stuff. Like one hundred percent valid, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's not it's not something that like I worry about in the dead no. of night. But it is like a sort of an interesting philosophical yeah. question. I the think. only the only time I really honestly considered it, and again I'm going back to what I spoke mm-hmm. about earlier, was when I had that, that cancer diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And it was after I'd had one of my surgical procedures, because I had a couple, but I still was put under sedation mm-hmm. for that procedure. And I yeah, went I from, you describing yeah, it was very strange. I went from being aware, fully conscious, fully conscious <laughs> and aware to blackness and kind of coming out of this blackness. And so that got me thinking of, or like, even if you've ever been really, really tired mm-hmm. and like, but you aren't trying to go to sleep, you're trying to do something mm-hmm. and you keep like becoming conscious mm-hmm. and realizing you must have been asleep for a second because mm-hmm. you're, ne- you're, you're never aware that you're asleep you're rarely even aware that you're falling asleep oh i'm aware i understand that i'm just saying it that experience right no that's why i'm saying yeah i'm Have saying you- i think that probably is a lot like death yeah i think death is probably a lot like being asleep yeah <laughs> And well, and that's how Christians have described it. There's, you know, some Christians who believe that the soul or will go straight to heaven, be singing in the choir with the angels. But there's others who believe that they go to sleep and mm-hmm. that is what will be raised when Jesus returns. Right. But there's another point to this, though, which is that when you're asleep, even though you aren't consciously aware of being asleep, mm-hmm. you aren't aware of the process of sleeping. And even though you may not remember any of it. Mm-hmm. You do dream. Your brain is still mm-hmm. active. Mm-hmm. So you are still doing things. I understand, but this felt different. It, it felt different to me from regular sleep to, you know, a, an enforced sleep from right. surgery, which is why it had me going, hmm, I need to think about this. <laughs> and ultimately, I came to the conclusion that, yes, there, you know, I've, I've had experience with spirits, and I do believe there's something on the other side. I'm just saying that is what triggered me into think into considering, is there a possibility of just not being there anymore? And would this be what it was like? <laughs> I think, and this is based on the Norse concept of the soul, which is one of, with, of multiple pieces. Mm-hmm. I think that I, and when I say I, I mean my consciousness, my mm-hmm. like personality and all the stuff that happens in my brain. Mm-hmm. I think I won't be consciously aware of post-death. Mm-hmm. I think 
parts of my soul will persist after death and will be able to be propitiated as an ancestor and, you know, will maybe move on to another hall, which is some kind of afterlife experience. Mm -hmm. But I suspect that the part of me that is my brain right now mm -hmm. will stop when my brain stops. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. So, like, I mm -hmm. don't think I'll ever be, and this is why it's not a huge concern for me, mm -hmm. like, I don't think I'll really be conscious in the way I am currently conscious mm -hmm. of an afterlife. Right. Well, and I also believe in reincarnation. I've had a regression that was, uh, mm -hmm. you know, an afterlife regression right. you know, type of thing that I did for a friend who was training to be a hypnotherapist. I had this weird, I remember having this weird thought as a small child, just being, I'm, I'm very small now. And Not like uh, Dr. Who. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, years. It was. Yeah. Still not ginger. It's, I was still not ginger, yeah. it's probably one of my earliest memories. I was I was standing looking at an Easter egg. <laughs> and thinking and, I'm very small now. And thinking, I'm very small now. Join our Tiger Kelly on a visit to Tree Wizard Creations where you can find custom engraved creations for all paths. They offer unique gifts and tools for altar, home, practice, and family. In addition to their standard product range, they offer a custom commissions. If you can dream it, the wizard will create it. Contact them at treewizardcreations at gmail.com, follow them on Facebook, or go to treewizards, that's W-Y-Z-A-R-D, creations.com. Still not on the nope, commercial. No, I keep forgetting, I'm sorry. <laughs> I saw you looking something up. What were you looking up? Oh, so there, there's a couple of little things. One is the whole Egypt thing. The the guy's name was Wati. Yeah, okay. Uh, and it is the tombs of Saqqara, so, uh, which is just south of Cairo which is a big necropolis. Right. Um, so if anybody's interested in seeing that particular that documentary. Uh, documentary, it's called The Secrets of the Tombs of Saqqara, and you can find it on Netflix. And we um, highly recommend yeah, it. Yeah. Very interesting. Yep. I yeah. really, 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 really liked it. And we're hoping for that for season a second. two. For a season <laughs> two, yeah. The other thing is, like, so there's this thing that comes from the Christian part of Celtic Ireland, Okay. That I believe goes back before that. Ooh, you think um, it's a pre-Christian? Yeah, I think it's a pre-Christian thing because it's, in particular, the reason why I think that is it's attributed to Bridget of Kildare, mm. who was oh. a nun, <laughs> uh, but also really could be, you know, Bridget. Right. Yeah. So, Bridget, Breed, how right, yeah. there So, and it is Anamkara, which is soul friend. Mm. Right, Kara? Yeah, yeah. Kara, 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 Kara right? Yeah. Friend. So, soul friend. And basically, the saying that is attributed to Bridget of, of Kildare was that, I can't find it, I'll sum up. The capacity for friendship and ability to read other people's hearts can only be done by an Anakara, a soul friend. So, somebody who was close mm. enough to be able to tell you, like, to have a capacity for great friendship and the ability to read their hearts mm. and to know them deeply. And that that would not necessarily have had to have been a living being. Mm. So like a, like a so spirit a soul guide. Friend right. would be a spirit. spirit guide, yep, yep. Or maybe a god with whom you're particularly Correct. close. Correct, yep. yeah. deity. Mm -hmm. Interesting. He's interesting. So. Thinking of patron deities. Mm -hmm. Right. And... In heathenry, there's a concept of being the friend of a god, like a, the unique right. friend of right. a god. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm also wondering if this is where soulmates came oh. from. This concept Maybe. of Maybe. having one yeah. person that with whom you are, with whom you are deeply connected, connected. Right. a deeply connected person. And there's also this concept that I learned through that uh, regression 
that souls travel together. And so that if, you know, and our reincarnated soul groups yeah. are reincarnated together, interact with each you other. see that with the twin flames. Yeah, thing. either as friends or lovers or children or whatever, that this group of people will often... This group of souls. This group of souls will often travel together into the next life. Incarnate simultaneously. Right. Choosing to incarnate together. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I believe that or not. I mean, right. you know, but I do believe in reincarnation. I do believe souls can choose to come back or choose yeah. to remain. Or And now I need to go watch Heart and Souls. <laughs> yes, I love that movie. Avery <laughs> does have a concept of reincarnation, but it's like fairly limited. Mm -hmm. Like you could reincarnate back into your family line. Mm -hmm. So like you might be your own great, great niece or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you could sort of reincarnate, sort of transform maybe into an alf. Mm -hmm. It's unclear. <laughs> now, I know that um, you've talked about the fact that um, I think in Celtic understanding that potentially people could become a tree or a stone. And that, again, that comes from Pliny the Elder. Pliny yeah. yep. the Elder. Yep. The Pliny concept. That Pliny right. concept. Whereas I, Pliny I, soul. I personally believe a soul that it was a human incarnates as a human. They that mean, would be a Caesar concept. Yeah. So... That, uh, I, although I don't think everybody is Cleopatra or someone <laughs> famous, that always cracks me up when people are like, yes, I, in my past life, I was Cleopatra. I was this famous identifiable. The, the funny thing is, uh, there I know at least 700 people who have been Cleopatra in a past life. Personally? So, yeah, yeah, so. Um, <laughs> and one of them may have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I don't think all 700 of them uh -huh. could have been. I don't think, yeah. that would have been a really unless, busy body. Unless, uh, so, so for that to happen. The soul would have to split. The soul has to splinter. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. But the thing that I noticed in my own past lives that I snuck a peek at was that there was a uh, connection in uh, that I was always involved either in some kind of magic, herbalism, healing, anything of, of that nature. And I've heard that other people have said that, too, is that they're which to be fair to similar things to be fair it's a bit of a biased sample size since all the people who are likely to get past life regressions are also the people who are likely to be interested in magic that's true <laughs> yeah, yeah, but then, yeah. I'm not, like i said i don't know if it was legitimately looking into to past lives or if it was just a really intense right. dreaming session or what but it was interesting like a guided meditation yeah like a, yeah i thought it was it was a very interesting experience our tiger our darren is offering intuitive readings and divination with over a decade of experience working with spirit, tarot, runes, and tea leaves. Make an appointment for a reading with our Darren on Facebook at our Darren Arguries, or find them online at Instagram.com forward slash our Darren Arguries. That is A-R-D-E-R-I-N-A-U-G-U-R-I-E-S. Our Darren Arguries. That's right. Excellent spelling. <laughs> well, I wanted to give enough space for people to write. So do we have anything else to talk about? I don't think These so. These would be souls? Like we said, it's a big topic, and we're it's, not even going to try to cover everything. No, it is, it is a huge topic, and I, I think it's something that... You're is, a big topic. <laughs> Sorry. Twelve year old over there. <laughs> Why do you think I did that last week? At least he's consistent. That's true. <laughs> but anyway, I think it's interesting to look at it from various perspectives, like from different religions, from different philosophies. My own concept of the soul and spirit has changed. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying, we change, we grow, we evolve our opinions about things. And truly, it's not going to matter. Oh, there was one thing I wanted to talk about. So I was about to say, it's not going to matter that much until you're dead. But, <laughs> but there are 
a few circumstances where it might matter. Mm-hmm. And those are when before you, you're dead. Well, yeah, before you're dead. And those are where you get into things like soul loss mm, and soul yes. retrieval. I have done a soul retrieval ritual. So there are some cultures where traumatic events mm-hmm. can cause you to lose a piece of your soul. Or mm-hmm. if you're a little reckless when you're doing your astral travel mm-hmm. and you lose a bit, that can happen too. So there's this concept of, and I don't know how this works as much for the people who believe in a unified soul, but for me, because heathenry has a multifaceted soul, it seems really reasonable to accidentally misplace a bit of it, <laughs> or to send it out and it doesn't come back, or, you know, whatever. Leave it behind. Exactly. You like, know, you, like you walk away, you exactly, get in your car, I mean, you drive away, and you've left it in the grocery store. Exactly. Yeah. Or like, you know, I'm always doing the thing where I get something to drink. I put you the do. cup down on a surface. And it's just... I like, turn around for five minutes and have like three seconds of a, of a thought in some other direction. And then I've completely forgotten that I got anything to drink to begin with. I don't know why you never got object permanence. I really I don't. didn't. <laughs> if I'm not looking at it, I forget it exists. If we, or, or like if you ask me to do something and then I don't immediately do it and especially if you try to have a conversation with me after asking me to do the thing by the time the conversation is over i have forgotten the thing you asked me to do this is why we have to remember the child has no object (laughs) object permanence at all so i can easily see myself you know traipsing around the astral realm put my fill here down somewhere and then just walk it off without it. And then I'd be, you know, shit out of luck until I contacted an, an expert, a shaman or another yeah. spiritual expert who can help me with some soul retrieval. Go find that bit and bring it back. I, I uh, experienced a, a, mm-hmm. a soul retrieval ritual through Hecatean witchcraft where um, through a guided meditation using Hecate's cauldron, mm-hmm. we called back missing bits of mis- soul, missing bits of soul from, and it had to do more with traumatic experiences mm-hmm. Or things that happened where we where chips mm-hmm. have been left behind for whatever reason. And it doesn't even have to necessarily be a traumatic bad reason either. It could just be something that you misplaced. Right, just like you, you said, lost. Something you lost that you feel like you need to retrieve. We did that both through the cauldron and through um, through the use of the strophalos. We called back, recalling those Reintegrated. Times, reintegrated those parts of ourselves from the past to the present. Mm-hmm. And it's a really, it's a very emotional and really powerful experience if you're willing to go through it. Especially if you're someone who's trying to retrieve something from uh, a harmful or, or traumatic experience. experience. It can be, it can really... And that's why I think it should not be the kind of thing you do in a group ritual, actually. Mm -hmm. I think that's the kind of thing you should do one-on-one with an expert. Probably, yeah. (laughs) Because you're going to be potentially dealing with some really traumatic Mm -hmm. shit. Mm -hmm. And a spiritual expert who's specced for soul retrieval Mm -hmm. is probably also at least prepared to to direct you to an appropriate counselor. Mm -hmm. Whereas Mm -hmm. in a group ritual, you're kind of on your own. That's true. But anyway, I'm just saying... Yeah, so, so that's one of the instances where maybe it doesn't matter so much the specifics of your soul mm-hmm. but if you're going to a soul retrieval specialist because you think you lost part of it mm-hmm. you it, it, it at least matters to you that it exists yeah and alex says maybe if it's a small already intimate group practicing together for years kind of maybe thing. yeah and and we did support each other and we talked about it with one another yeah and... i just that's just the kind of thing i would be hesitant to do in a group space yeah that's fair and then rabbit says great another thing i can lose <laughs> 
yeah, just shedding your soul all mm-hmm. over the place. And Finn said, damn it, I'm making horcruxes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's solved. I think at this point... We've solved souls. We have solved souls. Okay. We're not going to um, tell you our conclusion. You should be able to listen to the right. episode and just know. figure it out on your own. We've all written it down, and we all came up with the same answer. So... <laughs> You know, it's it's up to you all to figure it out. We need to leave some esoteric stuff in this. Right. Gotta some, leave some, some mysteries. Some mysteries for you all to figure Dixiness out. Dixiness doesn't have many mysteries, but you should be able to draw your own conclusions from the podcast. Right. Hail Dixiness. Hail Dixiness. So that's it for this episode. So if you want to find out more about Three Pagans and a Cat, you can find us on a lot of different places. But probably your easiest thing to do is just go to Google and type in the number three, Pagans and a Cat. If you get really crazy, you can put quotation marks mm-hmm. on each side of that. I love and that it he will... made the quotation he marks. Did the air quotes. I had to do air quotes. We have people watching. <laughs> uh-huh. They got the air quotes. They can put quotation marks on each side of the number three, Pagans and a Cat. Mm-hmm. And it will actually only bring up things that is listed in that order. Like Patios Pagan. So you can come and read the stuff that I write. <laughs> She just threw that right in there, huh? <laughs> anyway, if you do Google us, you'll find us on all the things. That's right. right. We're, in the, we're in a lot of the social medias. Do we always keep up with them? No. <laughs> Damn it. We don't. <laughs> we don't even try. <laughs> no, I try. I just don't always succeed. I don't try. I've never been to our Twitter. <laughs> all right. Goodbye. Oh, uh, uh, wait. Already? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs>